Slate? All right. Slate? All right, we're set. You ready, Mike? Good. He's doing. That's the thing, though. You always got to be busy doing something else. <laughs> that's yeah. like a thing. To, to lead it in, you're like, oh, what's up? Yeah, I'll be ready. It's, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing the young guys do. You know, they're all in the middle of an interview. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And they like, I'm like, that's all right. <laughs> I dig it. Buys breakfast. Buys breakfast. Day one, day one. We have a living legend icon in the Crew Has It podcast studio right now. Uh, we have Omar Epps in the building. Um, an icon. I mean, there's really no introduction you can say thank right you. now. So, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming in. This is crazy. This uh, is crazy for me. Thank and you. He, and he me. did Good Morning America before this. Like he didn't. He didn't have to come over here for the boys. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's, that's nah, love. I did have that's to. Love. <laughs> I, I, I come show love. You know what I mean? Thank you, bro. We appreciate that. Thank that's, you. We appreciate yeah. it. No doubt. Yeah, we get better uh, views than uh, Good Morning America. We're, we're not gonna <laughs> yeah, bring yeah, that yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm just kidding. So, um, yeah, honestly, like. I know your work. I, I've been watching it forever, but I really just wanted to hear like the full, full Omar Epps story from you. So, uh, like, where where did it begin? Like, what was day one for for you in, in the acting world? You know, that's that's a great question, actually. Um, so, I'm Brooklyn born and raised. Uh, you know, single parent household. Salute to my mom's yep. queen, queen mother, and um, you know, my grandmother. Hello, grandma. Um, she probably doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> now nah, she's uh, watching our YouTube right now. Yeah, she's subscribed. Yeah. Part of Brooklyn from Miami. I'm, actually, I'm from all over. Uh, like yeah, everybody yeah. claimed one. I used to live You're from in everywhere. East New York, Flatbush, Crown Heights, Best Star. So you just a Brooklyn. You I'm just Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah. and I always that's how I moved because mm. you know my mother was an educator when I grew up, so we used to move every too. every two years. Mm. You know, every two three years. Teacher. So I get cool with y'all on this right. block. Then you pick me up, move me over here, and I get cool with them. You know what I mean? Till kind of like I went to high school and then it just kind of all came together. So I was just able to move. But going back to your original question, like, you know, um, my grandmother was a, she's an artist. Like, she's a photographer. She's written books. She used to be an educator, you know. And I'm talking about, like, photographer. Like, like she had a dark room in her apartment in Tivoli Towers. And I remember going in there with her, like, what's this? What What is this chemical smell? And hanging the pictures up and all of that. My Damn. grandfather was a, he was a businessman, but... On the side, he was a jazz musician. That was his true passion, you know. Oh, that's he even played with, um, I believe, Sarah Vaughn one time at Carnegie Hall. He was like a bass player, and so that you know, I just come from that, right? And my my, you know, and then for me, my acting hero was Sidney Poitier. Mm -hmm. So when I used to be young, you know, watching that. That's when they had the black and white. You know, Asian myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. TV was in black and white. They didn't have color yet. <laughs> Wait, you know? it was. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, watching him, um, you know, they would they were making the play the plays he was doing into films and stuff like that. So combine that with, you know, I'm I my mother was an educator, like I said, so I used to read a lot. Mm. And I used to really skew towards poetry. So I used to read a lot of poetry. So I started, I'm like eight, nine years old. I started writing my own poetry at the time. Hip hop is being born. Mm. So nat naturally that sort of went into well, I could rap. 
too. Or <laughs> right. say this person's rapper and this is back in the, the tape days. You had mm, the boom right. box with the double joint. And do, you my, remember, do you remember like the first person you listened to? Uh, pro- honestly, for me, that was through my aunts with like Sugar Hill Gang. That's right. when they had like the, we call them LPs. So they had the record player, you know, they'd be blowing their trees and I would, they supposed to be babysitting me, <laughs> right. you know, but they off, they were teenagers, you know what I mean? Right. So I'm like a little kid and I'm listening to all of that and they, only certain radio stations would play it at a really late. Right. You know what I mean? So you had to sneak to do that. Right. And the only place I could yeah, do I that was at my aunt. You had to catch a song on the radio. Like You <laughs> yeah. had to catch it. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. there's no, like, oh, I want to hear this it right now. It hit different when you had to catch it yeah, on the radio. Because like, now I can't you can miss get any shit. song whenever. <laughs> exactly. But and like, then you're like, oh, it's on, it's yeah. on. Yeah. But see, that passion right there, you know what I mean? It. it so for me, it was just like, I don't know, when I combine those two things in terms of like Portier, you know, the poetry was a part of that. And for me, acting became an extension of writing. That's kind of w- where it was in my mind then, you know, because now I'm starting to read plays and stuff like this. And so when I was in junior high school, this is actually a funny story in my opinion. When I was in junior high school, we did the play Grease. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nobody knows who's, a, you know, it's you, right. junior high school, your kids, we audition. In my mind, I'm like going to play the, the lead. Right. And this kid named Errol Graves got the lead, and that was it. I was like, nah, son. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, I got some role over here, <laughs> yeah. but you I was like just, a bush or something? <laughs> it was like, like, I ain't with this. Right. That's how the acting bug bit me out of mm-hmm. the spirit of competition, because at right. the same time, while all of this is happening, I'm playing, like, Pop Warner football, Pee Wee, so yeah. I was always a competitor. And then it just grew from then, and I got into performing arts. High school, which is a legendary uh, uh, performing arts high school, yep. it was the first federally funded performing arts high school in the country. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was under Roosevelt. So it's just this rich history. I mean, when you go through the alma mater, it, I mean, insane. it's insane, right. right? And so I get into there in 86. The new school was on 66 where it is now was like half built. Mm-hmm. They were still building it. <laughs> while we were right. attending while freshman year. <laughs> and it's just amazing, man. It's where I met my brother Marlon Wayans and um, Rory Cochran went there. I mean, a lot of people That's went crazy. there. That's crazy. You know, Mr. Moody, legendary acting teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, honestly, it was like, it was like being in a candy store every day because mm-hmm. you had this, it, it was like New York is a microcosm of America, right? Like meaning the melting pot, mm-hmm. like all of these different Everything cultures. in and New York. Be- and the Guardia was like the melting pot of New York. You know what I mean? Because you had like the kids from the Upper East Side that came from, you know, rich homes. You had kids like me that came from, you know, more blue collar. Like mm-hmm. But we all shared talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all shared that dream. Common. And so it was dope to just like meet people from different walks of life and we all pursuing this uh, dream, you know? Right. And, New York's and, diversity um, is just amazing. I ain't gonna lie. The diversity in New York is beautiful. Where you from? I'm from Staten Island. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah. in Staten Island. Right. Well, you Staten know, Island. before Wu-Tang, Staten Island was like yeah, nah, over there. Right. People still people still be talking about Staten <laughs> Island. No, 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 no. Staten, salute to Staten Island. Like, that's, you know, it's us. It's, it's all us. us. See? But Wu-Tang see? put it yeah, nah, they, they, yeah, yeah. on a without different Wu-Tang, level. Without Wu-Tang, Staten Island, yeah, it, would've, it wouldn't have been on the map like how it is now. Yeah. But... Yeah, shout out to Wu-Tang. And shout out to you for showing love to Staten Island, because not a lot of people do that. <laughs> Michael takes pride in that. <laughs> yeah, bro, because they be trying to play with us. Like, we the f- like come on, bro. Nah, but, <laughs> I, but, I, but I understand what you're saying, because mm-hmm. back then, you know, it was all the Fireborough thing. Yeah, exactly. It was a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to this day, I could be in Paris. Mm-hmm. If a DJ's like, is, is Brooklyn in the house? It's 
even if it's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you gonna throw <laughs> But it's it normally like we strong everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you could be in the Middle East and somebody say that and you'd yeah. be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact though. That's a fact. Right? You go, you go and say, yeah, especially if like from New York, you're gonna rep it no matter where you are. You're yeah, rep man. That. You smell that? I think so. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Fresh Ball Fall, baby. Oh, you no. smell Fresh Ball Fall? Oh, it is Fresh Ball Fall, you know what I'm saying? It's not that hot no more, you know what I'm saying? So, you, you know what I'm saying? You can keep it a little, keep it a little fresh. We can wear jeans in L.A. You know we can, You know? We back from the smooth sack summer, now we in the Fresh Ball Fall. Now, look. It's the season of pumpkin spice, baby. And we making sure your crotch look nice, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what that means. That means sipping some nice cider in the fall breeze. And using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. So the seasons may be changing, but the products? We ain't going nowhere. We got the lawnmower 4.0. We got that weed whacker, ear, nose, any hole you want. You know, you can trim that joint with it. Now listen, they got the liquid formulas. They have you smelling fresh. I mean, what, what they got? What they got? They got the, the shampoo. The two-in-one conditioner, body wash. Finna be smelling good, baby. And to make things even better, Manscaped is gonna hook you up with boxers and a travel bag just to make sure you could fit it all in one. I don't know why I'm talking like Gary V. Make sure your balls are clean. <laughs> so all you gotta do is go to manscaped.com, use the promo code CREW, you get 20% off, and you know how I be. Um, I'm gonna refrain from swearing, but I'm gonna say... <laughs> We do not respect shipping fees, you know what I'm saying? shipping around here. So use the code CREW to get that free shipping. Don't use any Pete Davidson promo code. Use the promo code CREW. Listen, baby. No shipping. None of that. Promo code CREW. So so was Grease your first audition ever? Yeah, because I had to audition for the play, but I was in junior high school. And so, you know, that's when they're like, you know, we like the kids. So just give them this role. Mm -hmm. So were you simultaneously auditioning for... um, outside of school stuff, or were you not allowed to during high school? No, no, no. Well, so when I went to high school, uh, so my first official um, experience on a set with cameras was uh, I did this... Shout out to Adam Davis, by the way. So he was a a kid who went to... He was in NYU film school. Mm -hmm. He was um, doing his senior thesis, which was, uh, I guess, I don't know what it is, got a grant to do some film. And at the time, this is like my... I kind of started auditioning, like, sophomore year-ish to do, like, commercials and, like, Unite Negro uh, Negro College Fund commercials. And it was funny because me and Marlon would, like, thick as thieves, and he would always book the commercials. Right. Mm-hmm. So now he's, he's getting a little paper, you know, but we hustling. Like, we working at the athlete's foot. I'm delivering pizzas. <laughs> I start going on these auditions. You got to pay money to get headshots and all this other stuff we don't know about, right? right. And, um, and so this audition came up for this film called The Green Flash and it was hey this is NYU kid but it'd be good good experience there's another actor who's been around for some time his name is Peter Honorati he played the film was about like this uh, Italian mobster who some something happened and he had to flee and he was injured and my character was this homeless kid that lived under the boardwalk in Coney Island mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you know wakes up one day and there's this Italian mobster laying there all bloody you know and he's like yo who are you and then you know he's kind of this begrudging friendship yeah, I, happens, I, I, right? I want to watch this shit. So I do that. What's it called? What is it called? The Green Flash. Putting that shit in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting that in my notes. I'm yeah, so that was it. my first time. I was only um, 15. Damn. You know, and and, um, and shortly thereafter, because I actually got out of high school when I was 16. Um, so that next year, it was just like taking the audition more seriously. I'm about to get out of school. What am I going to do? Everybody's talking about going to college. I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to try my hand out. I didn't... I knew what I wanted to do, right. but it was like, 
back then it was no and take was, a leap year and all of that. There was gap no year. information back then. Exactly. Like you, like now you could just even listen to this podcast and understand a little bit of how the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like back then, you couldn't go on Google and figure out no, how to. You just got to jump straight in and right? just figure it and out. You, back then, it was. Re- it still is now, but it was about the relationships, right. especially mm-hmm. in New York. Because to your point, it's like things weren't. You know, New York was still the mecca. Like, and Hollywood was Hollywood, but right. now, I mean, we didn't have all these studios here, so it was like, if you want to make it, you got to go there. But in order to go there, you got to have a name, mm-hmm. you know, for yourself first right. and then go out there. And so it was crazy, man. The, the summer I graduated um, high school, I booked Juice. And at the same time, Marlon had went to, he ended up going to Howard. He booked more money. Yeah. You know, and then it's like it just started rolling. Juice, right. You know, and, and, and the thing was now going back to the competitive thing. And y'all guys know how it is, like. You know, back then you walk into a space like this. You got an audition. There's like thirty dudes yeah, lined right. up. You like you they look like you, mm-hmm. yeah. right. and you know certain dudes right. only from auditions. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen him before. Like, yeah. Damn, he book a lot. I like that. Like, yeah. He walking out wishing them luck and shit. You know, <laughs> like, like nah, 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 fuck that. I need this. <laughs> you had the other dudes. Clearly, you're trying to memorize these lines. They want to now. They want to talk, talk to you. Like, like, come like, on, like, you right. see me trying to lock in. You trying right. to distract me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you but already my, off book. <laughs> and Broadway, I mean, Broadway is still Broadway, but that was like a big thing, especially coming from a performing arts high school. Like, it's like, you got to do Broadway. And I'm like, nah, I see something. Not, I'm, it's all the same. Right. Now, back then, it was two totally different worlds. You got to remember, like right now, you could be a movie star and do TV, right. and it is no difference. Back right. then, they looked down on TV. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. literally like, oh, you're a failure mm. if you doing, but you like, but I'm making it's more crazy. money than. What are you talking about? Now like, look how the times change. It's like yeah. TV is running everything. TV's running everything. It's the time of the TV right now. Features yeah. not doing really anything, because yeah, it's, it's just it's all about like the streaming and like right. that shit is taking over. It's the bro. it's accessibility. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the films are still gonna be there because there's nothing like a theater experience, especially if you got kids. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they got one of them animation, but you gotta take them to see that. And yeah, then if it's real go big, you gotta take them to Universal, Disney, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Get on the buy all the merch. So that's right. its own thing. But I think as we've seen. Um, the Woman King, mm-hmm. right? People Just still want to have that yeah. movie experience. There's nothing quite like that big of a screen. Yeah, have you seen it yet? That sound. I haven't. I I'm go going see to see it. it this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, like yeah. I told you, I've been filming, so I haven't right. seen it yet. Um, salute to Gina Prince, who directed that joint, obviously Viola. But you know, so f- for me back then, my um, I would say my cheat code was the casting directors fell in love with me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would go in there and rip it, and they were, what I adore about them from that time, like the Deborah Quillers and, like, all of them, you know, they were like, you're not going to get this one. Right. But you're in the system, because they knew the politics on the other end, like, they really looking for this, this, and they're just like, this kid is just ripping, 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 and then, you know, the stars got online, and Mm -hmm. once they did... You know, I never look back. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on this podcast because we do like to give a lot of film and TV advice um, for actors and people in the entertainment industry. Like yeah. that is so key to just even if you know you're not going to get the role. Like this is not me. I, I really don't fit this. If you go in and just give it your all, the casting director is going to remember you, and that's the most important part because they'll you call you in one for thing everything. Yeah. All you and need they, to do is give them one thing to remember. And they look for you. Right. They almost they're casting quote unquote directors, but they kind of become like managers and agents. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's when they hit you like, yo, you have to come in for right. this. You know what I mean? I know what you can do, but this kid is gonna be right. the next thing. The writer, right. the right. director. That's when you start. You right. know, when you the thing about acting is like it's 
in a sense, it's much like boxing because it's such a singular thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. What people see on screen is like boxers in a gym. We're all working with each other. We sparring this, that, and the other. But what I'm talking about is when the lights is on, that square circle is there. It's just mano y mano. And that's what we're trained like, you know. And then there's layers within that because, you know, you, you have to respond to your environment. You have to respond to it. And now we're bringing the best out of each other and that's when it becomes a team sport right you follow what I'm I saying 100%. Col- I love that collaborative like energy like especially when, you, when you're working bro you need that you need that energy it's like we working together like we sparring at the same time but we working together like right. only to bring the best out yes, of each exactly. other you know what I'm saying exactly. oh that's off paper I ain't know you so if, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm rigid and I'm in, but if we flowing it's like we both going somewhere else now mm-hmm. and if we have the right Director, writer, producers, they can just let it flow. Now you got magic. We right. get that a lot too. Like, we, right. we find those moments a lot, like, on our set, because they give us that freedom. So, right. shout, That's out dope. To, shout out to our team for giving yeah. us that, that leeway. Right. That so, so, when do you feel like you're going in in auditions and you're locked in? Like, you feel like you're the actor that you want to be, you're on the right track. Like, was there a moment for you, like, oh, I'm like in the sweet spot? That's, a, that's another great question. For me, you got to understand. I booked my first major film at 17. So I was so young, I didn't understand how hard it really is to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like to be sitting there with like pictures of Cindy from In Vogue on my wall as any other kid at the time. And then four months later, it's like, oh, I got to do a love scene with her. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was surreal. Just like, am I him. really doing this? Right, right, right. Well, no, I'm going to do this. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, wait, this is this my job. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like everything was happening so fast, it blinded me to the harsh realities of like, yo, this ain't like Same everybody game. don't. Right. So I'm just thinking this is normally how it goes because I didn't know any other world, which I look back now and I'm like, oh, that was great because it really helped me build my confidence to those those points. Because you know what's ill about that question is, to me, it's like akin to taking a test, right? Or at least from my experience. Like every test that I walked out when I was in school, like, oh, I aced that, I would fail. <laughs> and then the test that I'm like, oh, no, I'd be like, I get an A or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think acting is like that. Like, because the thing is, we can never do it with ego. There's a difference between confidence and ego. And then what I've learned down the line is it obviously it matters what you do. So the only person you have to satisfy is yourself because there's so many variables that go into it. You know, he wore a red shirt. I, I wanted him to wear a blue shirt. This is that all of these people variables that have nothing regardless. to do with your talent right. mm-hmm. from these other people. So it's like all you can do is go lay it down and, and as yourself. long as you satisfy yourself. Because people gonna think what they think anyway. So Yeah, and and it's art. That's like if we doing a scene, like every time I do a scene, when when they're looking at me, like if the director's looking at me, yo, you good? I'm like, are you good? <laughs> you know, I we were filming yesterday. I said something. I, I was going off the cuff and then went back into the dialogue. We go to do another take. Sasha's like, yo, that was dope what you just said. And I'm like, what? What'd I say? Because <laughs> yeah. you just in it. Because I'm so in it. Right. it just I don't even remember just, that. Right. That's not, I'm not sitting here thinking about it like right. that because mm-hmm. my style is I really like to immerse into the moment. So I don't know what it's almost like jazz is how I look at it. Like, or hip hop terms, it's, it's off the top for real. It's not a written mm-hmm. freestyle. It's mm-hmm. like I'm sitting here really. Dealing, giving with, bars off top. You know, from an emotional level, though. You know how we get taught how to get to, how to access those emotions, recall, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You learn that when you're coming up. 
But then there's other levels where it's just like, I am so in this present moment within the skin of this character that I don't need to revisit personal traumas or this, that, and the other to access these emotions. And I'm so in it that it's... Right. You know what I'm saying? It's right there. That's the most important part to me about acting. Like, everyone has their own process, but the moment is the most important part. If you're truthful, a lot of people think acting is faking it, and it's actually the opposite. Acting is is the truth of the moment. Literally what Berto was saying. Right. You got to be truth. 100% truth. And it's ill because, you know, my forever best lesson was the experience of filming Juice. My first film with, you know, Tupac Shakur, Ernest Dickinson, Michael Henry Brown co-wrote, like, because Juice, the script for Juice was written 10 years before we did it. Uh-huh. So all of the like verbiage and slang in there was way different from when you some started. dudes from like the, the, the 80s and 70s. Hey, you sucker. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> and we was like, <laughs> we was like, nah. Yeah, and so what Ernest was dope, he was just like, you, you know what needs to be said, just say it the way you would say it. So we basically, me and Pop, like we freestyled the whole movie. Right. You know what I mean? So all of these great moments with, you know, even with Pac, the great locker moment and all of that, this is off the top. Yeah. So we just flowing and, you know, one of us would sort of anchor it back to the beats, like, I'm going to say this, and it's like, okay, yeah, because we're supposed to go hit, you know. Mm-hmm. And th- that that was great because it, it helped me improve my process in terms of being in the moment and not being so rehearsed and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. You know, it's another, this is a, a cheat code, not a cheat code, it's actually a, a attribute. Like, don't over-rehearse. Because right. actors can be so over-rehearsed it's that if someone fun. says something wrong, it just, Those instead of, it don't, it's not about the line, know what you're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. So it might not be exactly what we both read on paper, Get but I know what I'm supposed though. to say. Right. And now we're flowing, and now, and a lot of times, the writer, the director, they're like, oh, man, that's so much better than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Just leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you go, you keep building from there. So, Can't you know, I think when it comes back to auditioning, it's like, if, as long as you feel good, because it's always a learning experience, you know. Personally, I hate auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not from an ego perspective, because it's a really odd experience. Mm-hmm. It's humbling, you know? too. It's it is. Humbling. It's so humbling, yeah. auditioning. Because you, cause you, you asking me to capture this character in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Capture this character in two minutes, right. and I barely got any background on this on this character, like no history. Right. It's just like I just got to make something out of it. You don't have the clothes. You don't have the the uh, yeah. The like we don't got the environment that is that is. But you have to create. Yeah. Right. Now we and talking backstory. Right. Whether you off or you on, sometimes you could be way off. But the fact that you came in there that committed, like mm-hmm. yo, Dukes was dressed like this. He came right. in with the. He had a, a, a sugar cane stick and mm-hmm. all of this. And it's like, that's not who this guy right. is. But well, I don't know that. I ain't right. read the script. But I, you see it where I'm able to go. Put right. my effort. Like, you know what I mean? And when you get, like, good collaborative creators, they might pull you to the side. Hey, you know, try like this or this, that. Or they might give you that one gem. Yo, this right. dude just came back from war. Right. Mm-hmm. And he came back and his sister's pregnant. And just that one thing. Yeah, and those like, few oh, words is all yeah. you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is why I tell a lot of people to go in and don't try and do what they want you to do because mm-hmm. you're you're just going to be kind of in the like copying what everything uh, everyone else is doing and kind of what we think this character is. Do what you want to do. Do what yeah. this char- you think this character would do, and then let them move it. But it, go for what you have created because yeah. if you're trying to like be something that it, it it isn't what you up. yeah it's mm-hmm. not going to you got to let it happen organically right. and be true. And, 
you know, there's a balance, right? Like, if it's a comedy, you got to be funny. Right. <laughs> but funny has many layers, right? right? There's, like, dry funny. There's, like, you know, yeah. um, you know, physical funny or whatever. But to your point, it's like, you know, going back to Juice, there's a lot of lessons in that now that I think about it, that I'm thinking about in the moment. Right. But it's like, because we went on, like, four callbacks or whatever. Because mm -hmm. at, like, the fourth or fifth one or whatever... Because it's 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 an ensemble, right? So it's four dudes. So now we're going in and they're like, okay, you read with him and, and read this chemistry. character. And they're switching chemistry. There you go. So they're trying to figure it out. So now they say, hey, we're going to take everybody out to dinner. And it was eight of us. Mm. And my manager hits me at the time. Well, no, my agent at the time hits me. And she's like, you know, okay, you got to go to this dinner, this, that, and the other. But they really like this one guy. I know that for sure. I got the inside track. This guy's name is Tupac Shacker. <laughs> and I'm like, what's a Tupac Shacker? Tupac Shacker. <laughs> and so she's like, when you go to this dinner, make sure you sit next to him. Yeah. Right. Right? Right. So, of course, I go to the dinner. We sit on opposite sides of the table. <laughs> Organically, though. Right. You know what I mean? But the conversation's flowing. Because to your point, it's like, to piggyback on what you just said, like, it's more about just, it, yeah, do what you want to do, but let things happen organically. Right. You know what I mean? Like, me and Pac gel like that because neither one of us was trying. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're just being who we are in that moment. We're not thinking strategically like, oh, th this is the dinner to get the movie and I got to, you know, you know, gussy up to this one. That's where people be going wrong. That's where people be going wrong. That's where they go wrong. So yeah. you knew who he was when you sat down at the table. I, I, I mean, I guess that's the T-Pack guy. Right. I didn't know who he was. Right. Like at the time, th this was right before, like I think he was like Digital Underground's roadie at the Damn. time. So like his, like he hadn't put any music out yet. Right. He was just, he hadn't had a record deal yet. You know Man, what I mean? But he crazy. was like on tour with Digital Underground at the time. But you got to remember, there ain't no social media. There ain't right. none of that. So we, I didn't know that being right. in Brooklyn, 17. I'm like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was That's just like, crazy. so I get the call the, the, the day after the dinner. Did you sit next to Tupac Shackle? And I'm like, <laughs> nah, we was opposite ends of the table. But we had good convo when it came yeah. up and this, that, and the other. And then, um... And then I got that call that changed my life, you know, from Ernest Dickerson. So that movie comes out, everything changes. Yeah. People start recognizing you, you, you get more, you know, roles, you start auditioning for more Shit. stuff, or is it still a slow climb? Well, it's a trippy situation, right? So remember, I told you I went to performing arts. So, and, and this is another thing. We all, as artists, art has many different forms. So like I just told you from young, I was spitting and, you know, trying oh, to do true. this. I, at one point, I wanted to be... Uh, Big Daddy Kane, the next day I want to be Bobby Brown. Right? <laughs> so while we were doing Juice, Latifah was in the movie. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, she was playing this. She had um, signed a new group or whatever, and she was playing a demo every day in the trailer, playing this demo. Now, at the time, some guys I went to high school with, we had a, a singing group called Vision. So I'm, the whole, I'm like, oh, we kill these dudes like so one day again being so young right. I go up to Queen Latifah <laughs> and I'm like yo my group will murder these dudes and she's like what <laughs> shit up. you know what I'm saying <laughs> and I was able to get like because we were a five man group and I was able to get like two of them extra roles you know on the set so oh, that's would, tough. you know what I mean that's so tough. they would be there so I was like alright I'm gonna get it we gonna, can we sing for you tomorrow and this was um this was right before the scene in Juice where, where Q goes to the club to try to get her, because she managed the club, and yeah. he's like, yo, I got a DJ, you know, 
this was right before we filmed that scene, and we were in a stairwell, and the other two dudes that came up, and we sang a cappella for her, and Queen Latifah started crying. She was like, yo, y'all gotta let, y'all, <laughs> we gotta work together. I'm going on tour this summer. So getting back to your juice question, like when, when it came out, everything yeah. changed. I ended up being on tour with Queen Latifah <laughs> before the movie came out as like a backup dancer and singer with two of my other guys in the wow. group. So I'm not, it's an end when you add that with there's no social media and the immediacy right. of things, it's not really connecting for me. I know I got this movie coming out, but right. I don't even know what that feels like. Right. Mm. So then I get off the tour, right when I get off the tour, the movie, the movie comes, comes out. out. People going crazy. Like, like it's crazy when they were uh, showing like trailers and stuff like that for the movie was right at the end of the tour. We had did the Apollo theater in, yeah. in um you know when I was dancing for Latifah and it was there was only a couple of people in the crowd looking like yo that's that looked like money from the, the trail I just saw from the movie. Why is he up here dancing for you know what I mean? Right. And so all of that to me is like those are gems man. It was so so dope because it was just such a dope time. That's right. You would never know that. That's right. lit. It was a yeah. tour right before the movie. And then shot. it came out and yeah everything changed and then because boom. you know I think that um one of the things that I one of the things I don't like about social media is that it it, it makes art too disposable. Mm -hmm. And I say that to say, mm -hmm. like, you know, we come from a generation where we would watch something over and over. Like Biggie said, let my tape rock till my tape pop. That's real talk. Right. Like, you love this thing so much and you just keep revisiting, revisiting it. Now... You ha it's almost like there's too many options. Right. So then it's too what do you much. Love? Your attention span is like... I gotta go from this to this to this. Yeah, that, that is a you know fact. What I'm it's such, because you, so you gotta love the thing. Like, what do you, you know, what's the designer? What's the song? What's the movie? What's the, like, this is kind of what pushes us. The things that it, it's like are forever parts of your childhood or your upbringing or new things that you discover. Um, you know, it seems like that's sort of dissipating, you know? Right. And I know in, in the younger generation, they're programmed like that. So it's, it ain't nothing to yeah, them. Yeah, it's crazy. That's how they was brought up, so it don't even feel yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. but as they get older, they start to latch on to, like, 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 what's a good example? The rock group, The Grateful Dead. Mm -hmm. Grateful Dead. What was ill about them is they have three, four generations. The grandparent them put the parent on to the with the parents putting their kid on, and right. then they all go to the concert together, right. and these dudes is in their 50s, 60s still, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas in the culture, it's like, you know, it's just there and all right, after a few like, months, few months or whatever. Something new. But it's art and art lives on forever. You know what I mean? So that's kind of I still work from that um that mandate of rhythm. Like we gotta because the only ability that we have truly as artists is to transcend time. You know what I mean? Right. We can affect right. moments, but when that moment leaps to another generation, now it gives a, it has a whole new life. Yeah. And that's that's not I'm not saying chase that, but that we have that capability. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just films off the top of my mind, whether it's The Godfather or, the, I don't know, Black Panther or, you know, it, it, it could, anything you could think of that it just transcends time itself. New generations keep wanting to see this, dissect this, and it's affecting the human experience in the same way that it was originally constructed. Right. That's incredible. Shawshank. Mm. Oh. Shawshank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is interesting because a lot of... I feel like hip-hop artists have a shelf life now in a way where 
after three years, people are like, okay, we heard what you had to say. The next, let's listen to the next dude. Let's mm-hmm. listen to Lil Baby now. Like, mm-hmm. And then in three years, it's going to be, uh, like, it, it, that is really That's- interesting to think about. And, and also, to that point, TikTok, yeah. like, people are making great art on TikTok, which is wild to say. But there's some, <laughs> like, actual great productions that people do on there. So a lot of that is kind of like, oh, cool, this was great, and people... Don't even care anymore. Yeah, because they're like, just oh, like, "What's the next one?" Though? Right. Let me let me watch the next one. So yeah, a lot of the art is disposable. That's so interesting to think Keeping about. Keeping your longevity is tough nowadays. You right. know what I'm saying. So if you if you got something and it really hit, that means you got something on your hands because there's so much for right. people to watch, so much for people to take in. It's like it's hard to latch on to something. So if you do latch on to something, if you make something that people can latch on to, then hats off to you because right. it's so much. It's a lot of saturation nowadays for real. Absolutely, saturation. That's right. a great word. And 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 also. Listen, we're human beings. We play the long-form game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's cool to do whatever platform it is, right? But, like, let's just use being a comedian, for example. Anybody could make somebody laugh at some point, like, mm-hmm. two or three minutes. Go talk to a room full of people, all different ages, from all different backgrounds, that you know, all sizes, shapes, and colors, and make them laugh at the same things for an hour. Right. That's different. Right. That's different than skits. And it's, it's, I'm not, no disrespect to the right. people who's, that's how they make it. They come up now. It's a new format. No disrespect to them. But it's the same way as like, you know, yo, let's do this joint right here. All right, cool. Now let's keep their attention for two hours in a movie or an hour on a TV show. That's a whole different, mm-hmm. th- that's a different format. But it all goes back to the beginning, you know, even before all of us. It's like plays. Like, what were they? They were depictions of, of, what was really going on. Some of them were fictional. Some of them were, yo, if we just went to war in this village and we survived and this, that, and the other, and then you want to do a play about it to unpack it for the newer generations coming, yo, this is why we have this statue here. We wear this clothing because they did this to us and none of that. You know, it's like, it comes from a real place, what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why art is powerful. You know what I mean? Whether it's a film or a song, you could hear a song start laughing. You could hear a song start crying. Mm-hmm. Takes you back to that of like it's such a visceral experience, you know. You could smell the the room. You could you remember what you ate Yo, that day, what you real. had on, like you know. I smell. I, I, I like this is mad random, but the, like yesterday I was walking and I, I literally smelt. I don't know where I was. I just smelled something and that shit broke me back like ten years. I'm like yo, <laughs> like. It, it reminded me of a time like I can't even explain the time like unless I smell that smell again like it it was mad weird. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking it about. It was so weird, but I was like, yo, what the yeah. fuck? I was mad like it was a weird ass experience. <laughs> that see was that, you know, that's ill what you're saying because that's art. Whether you smell the food, mm-hmm. food is art, yeah. right? And it's constructed that way for that purpose, not to just taste good, but it has to have smell a certain good. color Look texture, good. you know. Yeah. And when we add all of those things in. You know, it's like, again, then it goes to now we're, we're transcending time itself, you know. So knowing that we have that capability, you know, for the younger artists that are coming up, use the tools that are here now, but study the craft of what you're doing, whatever that is. Whether you in audio, whether it's visual, whether it's the technical part, whether, whatever it is, you know, because in the business is really interesting. It's like most, you know. Writers are like failed directors, or most you know um, directors will fail actors. And it's like, but they found another. If you if you if you were athlete, it's like I, you know what I'm saying? You right. not you not six seven, but you your body is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got and you bounce, got spent, you know what I <laughs> mean? So now you become a trainer, or mm-hmm. some people have the mindset they could become a coach, or 
you still are, are feeding your passion. It's just learning way. it in a different, different way. Right? Yeah. That's a fact. So Juice comes out, you go from auditioning for, as actors, we audition for everything and anything at first. Yeah. Now you get to start selecting stuff and, and reading scripts. No, is that, is that how? No, no, no not no. yet? I was auditioning for years and years for everything that I was doing. Right. I kind of um, was fortunate in that. So my, the second film that I did was a football movie called The Program mm-hmm. um, that, that David David Ward um, wrote and directed. And um, James Kahn was in it. It was just like, again, it's like, it was surreal to me. I'm just yeah. like... Rest in peace, yeah. just passed. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, James Kahn. Yeah. Salute to that man. He, he, was, he was a... He was a heck of an individual. I heard he was a character. I heard he's crazy. (laughs) But so bringing that up to say, so at the time, Major League, the film, Mm -hmm. was this massive hit, right? Yeah. David Ward wrote and and directed that. So while we're doing the program, he's like, yo, I'm about to do a sequel to that. And at the time, Wesley Snipes was the dude in that. And I'm like, well, nah, I can't. You doing that with Wesley? And he's like, yeah, I don't think the deal is going to happen. And I was, I didn't want to do it because Wesley's like one of my hit. And I'm like, but I also, I'm in the audience. Like if I saw me playing like, hold up, this, nah, this not going to fit. Right, right. And I was aware of that, but I'm a loyal dude. And I was just so thankful for another, like, yo, Deuce just gave me my second opportunity. Now he's in need. So what am I going to do? You know what I mean? And it was just like, you know what, just. Take the ride, see what happens. Uh, again, I like to be in, it's like, not going off topic, but when I, people ask me this a lot about when I read scripts. When I read scripts, the last thing I'm thinking about is the character they're interested in me for. When I read a script, it's like going to a movie. In my head, it's like I'm in a movie. So I have the same opinions I would have about watching any movie. Mm-hmm. And then that's where my notes and things like that come from. And then I have to read it again to look through the lens of this specific character. Cause I need to know how it's so, so. It was the same way with that. Like, because if you first read, like, try to read through the character, it's like you gonna miss out on a whole lot. Like, but then it's not a democracy, right? We're all beholden to the story, whatever's best for the story. What we can find in between that for the particular character, you gotta get a skill with that, right? Because what a lot of actors don't understand is that. This whole sweater is woven together. You pull this one thread here. Whole shift. So on. now something you want to change on page five, you don't realize affects page 58. Right. Once you understand story science, now you become smarter. And you can now you see what makes sense. Nah, I have to say this here because that affects this. Mm-hmm. But then if I do it like this, it won't affect that. And now or, think and it's a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. So I was only saying that to say when I'm Red Major League 2, and I already saw one, I was like, I mean, all right, let's roll the dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then, you know, and um, but I kept working. I think consistency is key as well. Of course. You know, and that's a that's a real key to this thing. It's like you gotta be consistent. It's yeah. not about doing what you did yesterday. You know what I mean? It's about trying to constantly ascend. And sometimes and that's this is where it gets tricky because you could do a film that makes all of this money and now you're getting paid this and you don't see the jewel in this thing over mm-hmm. here that you know is not gonna make that amount of money, but now you're able to show a different texture and a different layer. And you never know the other attachments that come with it. Right. You know? This 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 kid right here that nobody knows could be the next guy in two years. Right. And you took a shot with him and something that at the time you, you know, nah, you know what, let's go do this thing. And people, 
people see that type of track. Because now you got a flow, you're not just one level. You know what I'm saying? You got a whole flow to your game. So, it, you know, one of my, I guess you could call it a tactic, is I like to be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that, so let's skip forward. For my career at the, at the point that I'm talking about, nobody saw me doing house. Right, right, right. Nobody. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A- at all. <laughs> and I was aware of that, you know. And a lot of people don't know. Like, I had a chance to do either house or Grey's Anatomy. And for me, house was so much more of a gamble mm-hmm. that I was like, I- I'd rather fail doing this. than And this is no disrespect at all to Grey's Anatomy. I just, I saw what house ended up becoming before it was that. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a, I mean, the lead character was an anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. He was rude. He was all of these yeah. things that didn't exist on television at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was just so like, you know new, what? Something refreshing for the people. Yeah. And let's ride this wave. And again, that's when TV is not like it is now. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a, you doing TV? Mm-hmm. Like, you the movie dude. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. To throw people off. Now, then they get to, oh, you're an artist. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just did what you wanted to do. You didn't You didn't let anything dictate you, which, uh, like you said earlier, sometimes people will go, oh, I want to do this studio movie because it's a studio movie, because it's getting me paid this, and they miss out on that indie jewel that could take you into the stratosphere above that exactly. studio movie. Literally That's what 50 be telling me all the time, don't feel too entitled to where you deprive yourself of other shit. Right. Yep. That's a fact. You that really? is a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. And it's just, you know, the more we do it, like I say, study the craft. You know, read, you know, know these different eras. And because and, we're, in, we're in the era now is really interesting. There's no, like, what's a genre now? Like, everything yeah. is the same thing. But it's not going to be like that forever. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think about these things. I like to at least try right. to have predictive thinking. So let's go back to when we're talking about TikTok and all of that. That's not going to be here in seven years, yeah. eight years, nine years. Because there are kids, everything that's popular the young demographic naturally hates it. <laughs> Everybody's doing that, I'm doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though Zuckerberg was able to pivot with Facebook, I remember the moment where it was like, wait a minute, I'm on the same site as my parents? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nah. yeah I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we you out know to Twitter. Twitter. We out to Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fact. So there's always going to be an ebb and flow in that. So I say use the, these, these new tools for what they're worth, but don't become beholden to them. Don't let your craft... Don't depend on them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Don't let your craft depend on that. You know what I'm saying? Let it always, let it depend on you. Let it be another tool to Like a LeBron. You know what I'm saying? People, LeBron fans. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's with Cleveland, we ah, ah, but then, all right, he's at the Lakers, now I'm Lakers, ah, (laughs) like, because I'm a LeBron fan. (laughs) Right. For me, it was MJ, like, I love LeBron, so I'm... where he's at, I'm at. But mm-hmm. MJ was the first version of that for me, mm-hmm. even though he spent most of his time in Chicago. Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Wizards, he was like, I'm MJ'd yeah. out. Yeah. What are we going to do? That's like me with Brady right now. <laughs> that, I'm, a, I'm a Buccaneer fan until <laughs> he retires, <laughs> right? <laughs> nah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, get like that. So, so you do how many seasons of House? We did eight. Eight seasons. That show was a massive hit. Yeah. And what do you do after that? Um, like, what's like the next thing for you? Are Are you trying to do something different? Are you trying to go back to movies? Like, wh- what's What's in your mind? You know, I was just open. Right. Um, I kind of, I kind of have a, rev- a reverse engineer. Like, if someone says, "Who do you want to work with?" I'm like, "That's too big of a thought for me." I'm just open, and then it, it flows. Not everybody has their, you know, whatever. I would love to 
dance with Denzel or right. Leo. Or, I would love that, right? Mm. But I don't. I just more leave myself open because I don't know what it's gonna be, and that's that other again. Come back to that competitive part where it's just like because I I want to be that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, in order to do that, I got to carve a path that's never existed before. You know, so after House, House was great for me on so many levels because it taught me. I went to, I look at House like grad school. Like, oh, this is how you create this stuff. Right. From the producing level, the creative. This is how you have a consistency of, right. you know. And so now in my writing and producing career started to get, you know, that ball rolling and I was leaning more towards there, not more towards. That's that's not fair to say. I was just, I was just leaning into it more. Mm-hmm. And um, so now it's like, all right, how do we get these moving simultaneously? Yeah. You know. So I had, I think after that, I did um, a show on ABC called Resurrection mm-hmm. that people loved. They had some behind the scenes problems that went away. I think then we end up doing Shooter. I'm doing like more indie films in right. between then, but also everything's in the flux of changing. Right. Now social media is becoming a platform. Now this is becoming a, you know, I remember when Twitter first came out and everybody was like, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> and I got it because I took the Dame Dash mind frame like, oh, direct to consumer, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we saw media, traditional media, Switch over, yeah. start to change or have to change like the music business did when Napster first came around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I think staying fluid in your mind and, and but staying centered in your art is the way to go. You know what I mean? Cause rather ask me what I don't want to what I want to do, ask me what I don't want to do. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. And then I can give you a more concrete answer. But that starts with self. So you see what I'm saying? So I just stayed open and um and now we come around to something like Raising Canaan. Yeah. Yeah, know? so let's let's get into that. Let's get into yeah. a little bit of Raising Canaan. So yeah. you read that script. Obviously, the script was sent to you. Yeah. And what's your initial reaction? I thought it was dope. Like, when I first read it, again, being an audience member, I'm like, oh, this could have legs. Because 50 did such a good job, and the writers, all of them, Courtney, like, Canaan was such a despicable monster. <laughs> that I thought there was a brilliance in unpacking how someone could become, become like that. 100%. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason I'm tuned in every mm-hmm. week. I'm like... You know, because yeah. now it broadens. We all start from somewhere, and we're all, to a degree, products of our environment, but then we make choices along the way that contribute. So specifically for the power universe, you know, there's all these moving parts and stuff like this, and I was like, this is unique because it's the origin story of a really evil dude. <laughs> right, right. And to start with, he's just like... Innocent kid. Innocent kid. Going to school. <laughs> chilling. And you see that his mom's is the... Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm watching yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Did, did you watch the original Power before um, before you read Kanan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a fan of Power like anybody else. Right. Well, millions of people. Right. <laughs> you know? So I just, I was like... And then I had a conversation with Sasha because my main thing was like, where's it going? Right. You know, obviously they're going to give you a half and half. And the rest (laughs) is like, we don't know, you know. (laughs) And I was like, yo, let's rock. Once I heard Patina Miller was playing rock, now I'm really in. Now I got my foot on the gas pedal. Let's speed to the destination. Mm -hmm. She's too elite. How how did you know her? Did you know her from Broadway? Did you know her from Madam Secretary? I knew of her, obviously Madam Secretary. I think less about seeing what she'd done 
and having read this role, knowing that she's going to attack that, right. it just was like, oh, okay, this is going to be, yeah. this is going to be something. Mm-hmm. You know, and then obviously Makai and everyone else comes on, Malcolm Mays, London, like, you know, um, Haley Kilgo, like it. And you know what's, what's so fun about it, man? It's, it's one of those vibes on set. Like it really, everybody's gelled. You know, it's not one of the, you going to work sets, you know. For actors out there, I mean, it is a business. Sometimes you go to work. Might punch mm-hmm. in, punch out. But yeah. you know? I feel like, I don't know, I got that on the when I was on the original Power, when we were Ghost. I feel like all the power sets are just like that. There's just a family, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a testament to what 50 and Courtney has done, but exactly. I feel like, yeah, those That's pa- what I was the power sets that. are different. Yeah, the environment is set such a way. It's just like, it's impossible to not feel like a family. Like It's just like, it's just that energy, bro, that collaborative energy. Everybody's mm-hmm. just happy to be working. Like All of that shit goes hand in hand. Yeah. It, just, it just creates magic. And it does come from the top down. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how those environments are created. Because what we're used to is like there's this separation, right? There's like the executives, mm-hmm. there's the crew, and then there's the cast. Mm-hmm. And each tribe looks out for each other. Mm-hmm. And then you get those rare occasions where, you know, like what we're talking about, but that comes from the top down. That comes from Courtney mm-hmm. setting the standard in the writer's room and also being beginning. a bridge between that and the executives and obviously everybody's looking don't nobody want to piss off 50 right. you know what I mean <laughs> so if he's like yo I want I this kid then that's a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. which lends itself once you skip to the cast you know we a trial we gotta take care of each other we gotta you know but it's just really dope like it, it just makes for the workflow you know when you have the hard days it ain't really that hard Exactly. You know, you, you you know the grip guy. You remember, oh yo, how's your how's your daughter doing? Mm-hmm. She sprained her ankle. You know those little human things. Yeah. Now everybody's pouring back in. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I was just gonna say that because Power was the first set that I was ever on. That lunch, there's a writer, a grip guy, a sound guy, an actor, yeah. and this all at the same table. Mm-hmm. Right. Usually when you're on a project, the actors sit together on uh, we sit together or or the grip sit together, it's not. Yeah. Every time we go to lunch, everybody's sitting with each other. Yeah. Like every day is someone sitting with someone new. Like and that's everyone's just, yeah. just chopping it up. Like that's dope. It's a it's a true testament of, of, of what they've done. So so you read the script, you love it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a straight offer and you're like, okay. Yeah, I spoke to Sasha and he was like, this is what I want to do with it. This is what I, what I see, you know, and I was like I, I gave him, a, like, kind of nuggets of how I saw the character. Right. I was really interested in playing the character. I mean, he's a pretty dark dude. But, yeah. you know, but he's interesting to me. And and I feel like, okay, how do I make this guy, how do I make you empathize with this guy? Right. I always feel like the best villains you feel sorry for. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, he was doing it for his country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He had a reason. Yeah. yeah. He, had, he had a reason. Like Ghost. Like mm-hmm. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, how do I... F- find that element and then just go on this ride because what really drew me in was the the backstory that we started playing with. I was like, oh yeah, now nah, we gonna be good. Yeah. Because there's just so many layers and, and all yeah, of that. Towards the end of the first season, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. This is... Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is he still technically doesn't know. Me and Patina mm. were just talking about this because she was like, nah, because he got the... I was like, she probably thinking, is this paternity test real? Because yeah. dude is so shysty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not, like, he wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's like you technically still don't know. And so to me, that makes it, that'll make it interesting for the viewer to, to see how we unpack season two because it's like he's trying to get her to cement it mm-hmm. and she won't. 
She not with it. <laughs> but then she's like, whatever the truth is, she knows it. Yeah. So it's like she's now she's forced to deal with him because he done convinced this boy that that's what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nah, so it's like got, dancing in that green. It's great, great storytelling. Yeah. It's she great storytelling, right. She got to step in. Um, so you don't have to answer this because I know a lot of actors sometimes, you know, they like to keep it close to the vest. But are what's your process for Detective Howard, like specifically? Like, is there something that you do as an actor the night before? Mm. Do you kind of just let it rock the day of? Like, it, Good question. So my process is, is um, you know, my first thing that I attack is backstory. Mm-hmm. Who is this person? I have to build out an entire universe. I got to know what's his favorite food, what's his worst hated color, and why. Everything has mm-hmm. to have a reason. You can't just pick a thing. Oh, he's a Taurus. Right, right. Why are you picking that? Mm-hmm. You know, I try to go as far as my mind can take me. Then I go back into the mythology of the actual story and, you know, to me, like, what's interesting about Howard that I think a lot of people don't, I think it's going over their heads, is, like, everything that we've been talking about, especially, like, black and brown people when it comes to law enforcement and it should be people from our communities policing us, Howard is that. Right. He comes from the hood. So that's what makes him dangerous because when he's in the department, yeah, he police, but he could go places where y'all can't go. Mm-hmm. He could talk to people y'all can't talk to because he grew up with their mothers and daddies and uncles and aunties. Mm-hmm. But then that makes him dangerous on the street because he police. Yeah, When you know he, his intentions. It's risky yeah. over there. <laughs> and he's just playing it all both sides for right. That's smooth. Too. Right. That's you the know, most dangerous cop there is. Right. And it's pun intended because right. he's consumed with power. Mm-hmm. Power is the only thing on this earth that's more powerful than money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it could be a per- it's a person that's in a lesser position in terms of like this person has more money, but this person has the power to take to that take, out, change your life, right. to take your life from you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that is a fact. So he's in that sort of sort of zeitgeist, and then um, you know, in terms of like the daily process, um, like I can't memorize lines a week before; it just won't stick. Mm-hmm. That's just my process. Mm-hmm. Like I, the first person that I ever met that had the same process was Hugh Laurie. Ironically oh, cool. enough, mm-hmm. we were on set one day, and you know, people. I mean, I don't. Not everybody has their own process. Sometimes you gotta be reading this, and re- it just won't stick for me. I tried that. I was trained that way, and I used to have problems. Like, and then I, it's like the difference between writing a rap and writing it in your head. Mm-hmm. That's the best correlation I could make. You know what I mean? Right. And once I figured out, oh, this works for me. Now I'm able to play because right. the last thing I'm thinking about is the words. Right. Mm. I'm, just I'm keyed into everything now. else. Right. It's freedom in that. So I'm just like, <laughs> you know, on my Rain Man shit. And no matter where you go, <laughs> you still, you're still getting the, the point across no matter which direction you go because you know what, what, the, right. what the intentions are. But the challenge of that, like, so if you're doing a show like A House, you can't freestyle medical terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. You, that you is what it is. Right. For this, everything, like I said, that sweater is woven together intentionally, like that's what it is, period. So now you got to work a different part of the muscle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we, I, would, I would get all of that down in a process like that. So now I'm more keyed into the relationships that the character is having that have nothing to do with the medical stuff. Let me find my freedom in that. And this makes it easy to be like, it's not lupus. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, like tachycardia. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not caught up in the... Because my thing wasn't like, damn, this is a crazy word. My thing was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And once and then that opened up a whole different matrix because obviously we had like consultants and people on high levels that are doctors, mm-hmm. ex-doctors, whatever. So when they would break down like, oh, this is the medical condition that the person's having. Now I'm not thinking about it as a word. It's like, oh, this person fell on their arm, which caused a clot to go. Like I'm, I'm seeing a whole different process in the way that they would see it, but how it translates to meet it. Then I got to say it's tachycardia. Okay. <laughs> He's having a heart attack. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it just made the process. I love his doctor voice. Yeah, yeah. his doctor voice. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be rigid. <laughs> got to be rigid. <laughs> He's having a heart attack. Right, let's, let's get into some fan questions and we'll get you out of here. Our first question is from Alicia Sine, and she asks, what do you enjoy most about acting? I saw this question. I was like, I need to know his answer. Oh, this. wow. That's a great question. You know, this might not... Um, that you can do it as long as you're here and that it truly is like wine in that you get better the more life you live. That is a fact. Period. Right? You can act only experience more and more as you go. People think Morgan Freeman just started acting when he was in his 40s or something. The dude's been <laughs> acting the whole time. Mm-hmm. He just took mm-hmm. off when it took off and he was an a older man. So yeah. we can do this forever. I'm curious, what's your favorite movie? Do you have one? Ever in life? Do you ha- can you do that? I mean, it's a long... Yeah, I can. Yeah. It's hard. It's a very long list, but <laughs> mine I know is going to surprise both of y'all. My favorite movie of all time is The Wiz. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the one with Diana Ross, Michael yeah. Jackson. That's my favorite movie yeah, since I was a kid. Damn. And, and I forced it to be my kid's favorite movie. Oh, know? really? Because they had to watch it like five times a year <laughs> their whole existence. <laughs> they hate it. They don't want to tell you they hate it. They're like, Dad, not again. Nah, I, ca- I catch them in the bathroom singing. <laughs> I'm like, got him. Yes. <laughs> Mission complete. <laughs> right, so Legacy for Xavier asks, what has been the, your most challenging character to play in your career? Oh, wow. That's a great... That's, that's a, a good one. one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Ooh. I would say to that, every character presents its own challenge. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, not trying to be politically correct or anything like that. Like, I did a film um, called Breakfast of Champions with um, Bruce Willis, who's based on this Kirk Vonnegut book. That was a really difficult, not difficult, that's the wrong word, challenging right. um, character because... One, it's set on this book, and the characters is not written uh, color-specific, let's say. And so I get the opportunity. I go in there. And it's a very quirky movie. Mm. Like, Michael Clark Duncan was in it. It was just like this, like, motley crew of cast. And people really haven't seen my, like, comedic layer. Mm. So I was just trying to lean into that, but in this very sort of dark, movie that was pretty challenging but i think every character is challenging and that what they say is true if you got two lines or 200 lines it's the same rules apply right that's right um all right so rashad hunter asks if you could time travel to 18 years old what's a critical industry gem you'd tell yourself save your money (laughs) like this is a business like learn the business right that's what i would tell my 18 year old self learn the business you know what I'm saying? You could splurge here, but put tuck that, put that away. You know, Keep some in the tuck for sure. and learn learn business. Right. You know, it's like right now, you know, these the, the younger generation has so many opportunities that we didn't have. Whether so it's, many resources. Yeah, oh, it's man. merch, it's walkthroughs, it's all this stuff that mm-hmm. didn't exist. Insane. We got it's, two this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> two walkthroughs this weekend. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That didn't exist back right. then. You mm-hmm. had the one thing. You show up to set. You got to pay these. You got to pay lawyer. Manager, agent, agent, yep. 
business get manager, percentages like, out the way. Yeah, that's every dollar. That's the, that's not even taxes yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then you. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah we yeah. don't even want to talk about taxes. Always pay your taxes. Yeah, yeah. pay your taxes. Also, speaking of merch, thanks Omar for, for crew has it merch. Is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is with the plug. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Like. No doubt. This is crazy. This Y'all is, gonna learn a lot from watching yeah. this. If you ain't learned something, if you got to this point and didn't learn something, I don't know. You gotta fix something in your head and yeah. your ears or something because uh, there's a lot of information in this. I just want to say for both of y'all, I'm proud of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. You know what lot. I mean? I'm, I'm a fan. I, I, I may not say a lot, but I watch it all. And this is a dope. This is a dope vibe right here. You know because it's like. It's almost like the actor studio type right. of vibe for a younger generation. Right. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm goosebumps. This is crazy. Yeah, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. And I think that's important, you know, because, you know, the younger generation, a lot of... And I'm saying this to say, because it's not their fault, right? right? If we were born at this time, we would just think certain things are normal that are really trendy. You don't want to be the trend. You want to set the trend. Set the trend. And you 100%. keep resetting the trend. Right. You know, in your own way. So I just wanted to say I'm proud of y'all, man. This man, is dope. Love. Thank you, Omar. No doubt. Yeah, I, re I really appreciate it. Um, Damn, so by the time this comes out, uh, it'll be around the finale of Raising Canaan. So make sure you check out Raising Canaan if you're not tapped in already. Yeah. What, what are you are doing? doing? What are you <laughs> doing? What are you doing? Plug everything you got, anything, social media, all that. Oh, yeah. Social media is uh, at Omar Epps, everything. Pick up uh, the new book, Nubia. This is my second book. My first um, novel is a, it's a young adult sci-fi novel, Afrofuturistic. Oh, oh, Damn, so, I got to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that out. Um, everywhere books are sold. And um and we cooking. Yeah, you know, we cooking. We cooking, baby. <laughs> we in the Mike. kitchen. Uh, Instagram is where's twenty two slash Michael Rainey Jr. Depending on how you feeling, you could follow whatever one. Um, TikTok where's twenty two. Subscribe to to the YouTube channel where's twenty two. We got vlogs, crazy content. What's the twenty two? Um, so basically, I'm gonna make it short. My favorite number is the number two because I was my mom's birthday is February second. That's two two. When I used to play basketball, I used to wear the number two or eleven. A lot, mm. and one one equals two. You feel me? So like everything like is just like twos for me. I see the number two a lot. I see the number twenty two a lot, and then like my friends just started calling me twenty two. And then, like, that's dope. yeah. So it just became my nickname. And like, that just, stuck out to me because when I played football, my number, my first number was eighty one, but mm -hmm. then I had twenty two. Right. Yeah. So I was like twenty two. <laughs> yeah. And, and weird enough, weirdly enough, when I grew up. 22 was my number for everything. Mm -hmm. So you when we met each other, that's <laughs> our um, that's our uh, business name, 22, yeah, 22 Entertainment. Entertainment. So, yeah. so yeah, that's just like that number whole... super special to me, man. Yeah, that's a, yeah so. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We're in stage 22. Um, make sure you follow Gianni V. Paolo, Instagram, TikTok. Um, yeah, check out Raising Canaan. Subscribe to the Where's 22 channel. We got Crew Has It merch. Uh, Omar plugged in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, Michael. Give us one. Listen, man, the crew has it. We just had the legend Omar Epson. Dude, this building. was crazy. This is unbelievable, salute, salute. man. This is incredible. Thank you, Omar. Thank you for we coming appreciate on. You, no bro. doubt, man. Appreciate yeah, you. That's love. That was crazy. Iconic. Thank you so much. We appreciate That's it. Love, bro. I appreciate it. We'll get up.